Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 14 of the Punk Till I Die podcast. Um, and we're, Neil and I are sort of in a little bit of hangover mode. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing fine, thank you very much. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, but I'm definitely kind of in hangover mode after after a very, we had our, our biggest guest to date last week, or earlier this week, or I don't know, whenever, whenever it shakes out. Mm-hmm. And that was BA from Sloppy Seconds, and it was a lot of fun. We talked to him for a very long time. We didn't really do any of our normal business, just kind of spent the whole hour talking, or hour plus, talking about all things sloppy seconds and uh it was uh, i really i really enjoyed it i hope you i hope you all did too uh yeah he was very I, gra- I, he I was very them. he was very gracious with his time i have to he say really he was. gave us an hour without even without even batting well, and the eyelids, funny so. thing is you know like I, said, I know them a little bit and i've heard a lot of the stories and stuff and the fact of the matter is i i really struggled to cut down my question list i could have i could have him on two or three more times probably before i petered out yeah i i, um, I don't i don't want to say you, you were too much of a fangirl but uh your your, little, your fanish uh, episode was showing i have to say listen man if he kisses ass he gives you better answers <laughs> there you go yeah yeah if, if yeah if you were like yeah if you didn't know anything about them at all he might be not liable to but, but answer but, the questions you know but you also know that i'm not lying you know that i'm a huge fan of the oh band. i know I, no i know I, that yeah yeah, I know that. I mean, you got me into them. I'd never heard them before, to tell you the truth. And you, you know, told me some of the stuff to listen to, and I did, and I like it too. So, but I, I, I know, th- I know you're a big fan. I could give you a laundry list of the cities I've seen them in because they've literally played in Grand Rapids, my home base here, one time, I think ever, and I saw them. And I, I've literally driven all over the Midwest to see them. And this next tour, I'm going to Chicago and Green Bay, and. uh I just, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm a sucker for their vinyl. I think the Destroyed album is, you know, we've talked about like how we have albums that we've bought multitude of times. Like say, never mind the Bullocks. I know I bought that at least three times, right? At yeah, least. like vinyl, cassette, and yeah. CD or something. And the yeah. same with like Misfits Walk Among Us and Destroyed for me. Sloppy Seconds first full-length album, Destroyed, is on that list for me. I bought it at least four times, at oh, least. Okay, so I have to say, so how many, how many times do you think you've seen them? Uh, more than a dozen, Wow! but it's mostly been in the last 10 years, but they tour sort of sporadically. So it's likely if I see them, I see them multiple times in a year. And then like, cause for two years in a row, they did two or three years in a row. They did West coast tours, which is not very convenient to me. Although their first West coast tour in 20 years, um, we flew out to Vegas for Oh, you did! Wow, that's now, that is crazy. What, no, was was that was that punk rock bowling or something like that? No, they were just doing their first West Coast tour, and they started in Vegas, and we mm-hmm. just my, and my buddy Scott, who you know, and his wife and I and my wife, uh, you know, it's funny. Our, our, like I said, our wives are more than willing to go to Las Vegas to see a show, but you know, like Logansport, Indiana, they're not not necessarily on board with that. I th- I think I think I told the story. Did I tell the story earlier on one of the podcasts? Now that we're fourteen in, I can't remember about how. You know, we kind of told our wives, yeah, we've gotten to be pretty friendly with these guys over the years. You know, we've seen them a bunch of times. And then we rolled up to the venue with our wives. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope they don't, like, hope they don't. <laughs> Blank you. Yeah. And it's like jerks in front of suspicious. our wives. Well, they look suspicious then. You're like, oh, sure, you've been to see that band so many times. <laughs> they don't even know who you are. And the bass player sees us and he comes and runs over and gives us a hug. I'm like, oh, good. He didn't make us look like a dick in front of our wives. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's I mean, cool. I remember I told that story on the on I think on the, I think I told on the regular podcast and my and my buddy and John Gentili's thing was that's that's cool that you care so much what you're you know after all these years of marriage that you still are you know want to impress your wife I'm like well that's a different take on it I didn't really uh it's not really impressing your wife it's showing that you haven't been uh, playing away from well home it's just or you know but, it but it's like 
but like, okay, so you know, I told you I know these guys a little bit, and yeah, I've yeah. seen them a bunch of times, and we're gonna go see them together in Chicago here in a couple months. And if we, if I said, hey, come on, come with me, you know, meet my buddy Bo, and I walked up to him, I said, hey, Bo, this is my friend Neil. And he's like, do I know you? You know, if he, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, that would be just like, bummer, right? yeah, yeah, that would be so, weird. Yeah, but no. But, so I, I'm a I'm a, a genuine fan of the band, and the fact of the matter is, I'm pretty friendly with the. Uh, I'm real friendly actually with the label that's been reissuing their stuff in a totally unrelated type of thing. I knew them both separately and the, they've come together in this beautiful, beautiful synergy. So this little label I like is putting out records for a band I like. So it's, it's, it's real cool. And All have, in freaking beautiful Indiana. And I have to say I'm with your wife on that one. If it's uh, flying to Vegas or in the, in the summer <laughs> or driving to Logansport, Indiana in February, I think I know which one I would was, do too. It was early fall when we went to Vegas, though I'm not 100% sure. Well, I'm sure the they weather play, was still good though, right? They did play. Yeah, oh, it's a, I mean, do it the dead of winter, the weather's good there. Um, but it was uh, – now they played Punk Rock Bowling last year for the first year ever, and I would have loved to go, but it just didn't work out. I've never been to Punk Rock Bowling, and it's – I think we did – practically did a whole episode about that, and it's definitely on my list. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not, so probably not. But Keeping in with our, keeping in with our punky vibe, I'm actually uh, drinking a Snaggletooth Bandana um, Pale Ale right now. With, uh, who, who brews that? Solemn Oath. Is that Chicago based or where are they uh, at? You know what? I'm not sure because um, the type is too small for my old eyes to see. But it's uh, it's got a picture of a punk on it with a mohawk and stuff like that. So there we so go. So that's why you bought it. You yeah, it it's punk rock booze, man. So no, I'm it's... I'm drinking a glass of ice water from the tap out of my RO reverse osmosis system. Holy shit! Um, from, I'm sorry. For... I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yes, they were from Naperville, Illinois, one of the oh, okay. western suburbs. So there you go. I, that sh- is. I should oh, know that. It? Oh, it's what? Okay. Yeah, it's one of the western ones. Yeah. So I'm drinking. I'm drinking my ice water out of a nice pint glass that I bought at a brewery down in Indianapolis called Blind Owl Brewery. Cool little uh, brewery down in Indianapolis to bring it all home and tie it all back together. You are drinking water? Oh dear, that's. Well, it's it's dude. It's like middle yeah. of the afternoon. Yeah, what's your point? <laughs> it it's is a, Sunday, I guess. It's a Sunday. I guess, you know, and I, I probably will have a couple before bed, but, man, I'm not going to start drinking gin and tonics at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have any beer at the house. I'm trying to cut down. Mm, so that's a, that's a good plan. So, so, so you know, the last episode, we, we just talked to BA the whole time, which, like I said, was great. I could have done it for hours more. But uh, we didn't we didn't give out our email, which is punk till I die seventy seven at gmail dot com, and we didn't remind people to like our Facebook page. And the thing with the thing with the Facebook page, I, I kind of hope it takes on a life of its own. I mean, obviously, you've been posting the episodes on the Facebook page, which is nice for anybody who is kind of hasn't subscribed, which you should subscribe, so they just get them automatically. But also, we've been putting some content on there on its own of its own right, both like stuff that you and I have written for Punk News or or other stuff. Plus, you uh, your buddy from Gainesville, who we've kind of talked about before when you went down to Fest, has been going to shows and writing uh, reviews for us, which is is awesome. So shout shout out to Mark Frankel's name is right? Yeah, Mark Mark's. Frankel. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So showing. shout out to Mark the Deadhead from. Uh, from Gainesville. Gainesville, who has been going to punk shows for the purpose of writing for them for no money and very little recognition. So it's it's very so we're we're going to take the time to recognize him and we appreciate it. It's, it's good stuff. And he's a, honestly he's a natural. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good writer actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he is. yeah. I don't know what his day job is, but you know he's he's he it just has a nice flow to. He's a good storyteller. So yeah, and okay. it's the only time I've ever read a review of a Black Flag show, which is the last one he did, where he literally didn't know a single Black Flag. 
so there wasn't one single song title in the whole review, which I, I think is great. But well, it sounded very similar to the experience I had when I saw him a few years ago. Well, it made it very interesting, right? Because, you know, most of us will come from any punk rock review from, you know, our years of experience or whatever and being jaded or whatever. But to Mark, I mean, he's, he's gone to a few things with me in the in the past. Now, I've known him for about 15 years and we've been to shows from time to time. But yeah, I mean, his main musical interest is, you know, 70s. And yes, I mean, he's a huge Grateful Dead fan and stuff like that. So that's where he's, that's where his main music knowledge is coming from even though he loves all kind of music but it's been really interesting you know seeing what he thinks of of punk rock almost from a, a year zero kind of kind of experience level so um his review but his reviews i think are excellent and yes, very well done uh, yeah and coming and, from I mean, he should be writing for somebody who you know who can pay him <laughs> yeah exactly or get him a bigger audience <laughs> yeah and, and i mean have, ha- having that outside of viewpoint is actually almost more useful sometimes i think you and know, he said but, one. He said one thing that was kind of funny because he's a skater, which I didn't know there was much of a like deadhead skater crossover. That seems kind of strange to me, but that's okay. But I took a buddy of mine who was in his early twenties with me when I went to see Black Flag a few years ago in Lansing. It was their last tour. I don't know, fifteen, sixteen. I don't know. I reviewed it, but um, he was also like your buddy. He knew Mike V. He didn't know Greg oh, Ginn from, from anybody. Yeah, but he knew Mike V because yeah, he was a professional skater. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So it's just funny to me that I mean, I mean, Greg Ginn is like an architect of like he's like a punk rock architect archetype. You know, I mean, he's he's like his guitar is you know. Now, what was super interesting to me was the fact that even though Mark is a deadhead. His still his least favorite part of the show was, was, when, the was, when, was when Black Flag went into the like ten minute instrumental jam with like freaking well, you know, drum solos and shit. I mean, he hated that. So that was uh, all not everybody respect, could do it Mark. as well as Jerry Garcia and Phil Lesh and whoever all the other guys were. Well, and and plus, you know, you're not expecting that crap when you go to a punk yeah. rock show. I'm sorry, you're just not. But um, uh, I think I said, I think I said to him, um, that didn't really change from like '86 when was the last time I saw the the real Black Flag. Uh, with, with they were Henry. doing that then. They were um, in '86. I think it was after like was it Family Man or one of those later albums or something. Ugh. And they were doing some of those songs and those oh, Loose Nut and some of those songs would go on for like nine minutes. And but it at was least just Loose Nut like, were real songs. Family Man wasn't even real songs. It was right. like spoken word and instrumental. So like, can't you guys can't you guys come together and? I mean, it was a, it was in the real songs. I mean, it was embarrassing because it was in Champagne, so it was a really big deal, right? Because they didn't get big shows like that. Yeah. And uh, the Minutemen opened up, as a matter of fact, which was interesting. Oh. But uh, Black Flag were just dreadful. Oh, another day. SST band makes yeah. sense. Black Flag were dreadful. I mean, that it's was just, it was embarrassing. It's, it's funny because I, I I had a very similar experience to him when I saw him a few years ago, when they were playing Rise Above and they were playing Six Pack and whatever. They were pretty good, but yeah, these stupid extended instrumental thing it's just like ugh. yeah it's like play the freaking hits i mean i hate to be that guy well that's why flag play the hits. well that's why flag was so much better than black flag right which yeah because they, they were which if people they, don't know there was a, what they wanted yeah. yeah if people don't know there was a lawsuit and uh greg ginn kept a black flag name and then some of the other older members like uh, keith morris took the name flag oh. and they just do like a classic greatest hits kind of set which is what everybody wants to see anyway not that. and it's like all the guys that people care about you know it's, it's uh keith morris on vocals it's bill stevenson on drums of course from descendants and uber producer um and the guitar player steven egerton from descendants also and who else uh 
bass player Chuck Dukowski. Yeah, yeah, he's right. And uh, the other guitar player who sang on some of the Black Flag albums, whose name is boy, it sucks to get old, dude. What's the <laughs> what's the other guitar players? The other guitar player singer's name. Anyway, he he sings a few. He sings lead on a few Flag songs too. Yeah. Um, so Flag were see they, they they seem to be doing the. What everybody wanted to see, basically. This conversation was not on the agenda for today, Neil, but that's it, right. As is normal with one of our podcasts, right? Yeah, it exactly. just wanders wherever it goes, my friend. It's uh, yes. I, well, well, actually, it kind of is because you were talking. You started this by talking about mail, by giving our mail and stuff, and so uh, I did actually want to read. We got an interesting piece of mail, which is nice from our Marco V. Uh, so this is this is uh, to the to the. Email address, not to the Facebook. Des Cadena, my gosh, Des Cadena. Yeah, there you go, Des. Yeah. Well, you I'm know loose. what? After the misfits blasphemy, you kind of wiped him out of your mind, right? So <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Well, Greg Ginn is essentially doing with Black like what Jerry only did to the misfits, which is just watering it down and devaluing. Hello, are you there, Tom? Yes. There you Did go. You now me? you're back. Yeah, lost you for a second there. But is it, well, what I was saying was that Greg Ginn is doing Black Flag what Jerry only did to the Misfits, just kind of ruining it. You well, know? He, well, and he's doing it exactly because apparently the T-shirts were forty bucks according to Mark. So it really is a Misfits kind of all the way around. So there you mm. go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but anyway, we got an, a good piece of email uh, from Marco V. Um, he says, really enjoying the podcast, great mix of old and new, smashing banter and sound opinions are many things which us folks of a certain age can agree. And the fact that he said smashing banter would lead me to believe that he's from he's English. Yes, I would. Yeah. I would so. <laughs> felt so comfortable listening to one show. I even went to the kitchen and came back with three beers before I realized you weren't actually here. I would have well, drank that, Marco. I would have drank that beer. Yeah, and I'll be happy to sit down and have a beer with you in your kitchen or whatever. That would be good. Um Anyway, one of the interesting things he brings up, cause it's a pretty long, it's a pretty long piece of email, is he's talking about feedback, and he means feedback at a gig, not feedback to the podcast. Mm. So, um, so he says back in the seventies and eighties, you never knew what was going to happen, and he's sure his hearing has been damaged by the feedback that they would have and stuff like that. And actually, that is a question I wanted to ask you because I think you're of a completely different mindset than me. Do okay. you wear a head, um, not headphones, um, earphone things at gigs? And if so, why? Because I never have and I never will. So. I do. I do. Um, I did a lot of damage to my ears over the years. And and it, and it most of it was probably from playing in bands myself more than going to shows. But I, I, have, I do have some tinnitus. And it's hard to sleep when you got ringing in your ears. So I... I'm pretty plus I'm I still play guitar and I still I mean I'm not real active as a musician but I still like to have a decent ear and I just I just don't want to go deaf. I mean I pull over to my my dad my mom and dad's house, right? I pull into the driveway and I get out of the car and I can hear my dad's television. Well, that's because good. That's good that you can hear it though, right? <laughs> because he worked in his machine shop for and he didn't take care of his ears shotguns worked in a machine shop you know what i mean so i am i, I it's a quality of life issue man i do well, not want to go deaf well that's, what I, and that's that's the bottom line with me so well, I, I and listen you do what you got to do i don't i don't care maybe you're maybe you're uh I, I don't know i just stood in front of a drum kit for too many years and my hearing is screwed well what i will say to that is my mom I can hear the TV outside too, and my mom yeah. did not work in a machine shop. And but what your mom it is, is quite a bit older than your mom well, is quite a bit older than well, my dad is. For being fair, she is. But what I'll say is, as we get older, things break. 
yeah, your eyesight goes. Other stuffs go too. So I don't know. I mean, you know, your hearing gradually diminishing. That doesn't really surprise me because all your other stuff goes too. So, and and to me, and I think to Mark, uh, you know, to get back to the email, having that after a show, having your ears ring for like two days, that was part of the damned experience. Oh, and, it's uh, so bad for you. Uh, I, just, dude, we do lots of things that aren't good for us, right? It's true. I mean, I, you know, so to see, when I go to gigs these days and see when the band comes on and I see everybody putting earpieces into their ears, it it, it drives me but insane. But those are mostly, I'll be honest. the bigger bands have those in-ear monitors. Oh, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the people in the crowd. I'm oh, not talking about the bands. I'm talking about people in the crowd all start putting their, they put their earphones in and they get their phones out and they start recording the yeah, show. I don't do that. And, I don't do that. Oh my God. It, anyway. But, you know, I, I, I've, I have, I have had some decent earplugs over the years. The problem is you get your standard like foam crap earplugs like you get at a factory mm-hmm. and they do, they do diminish the experience quite a bit. So you actually have to get a, and I don't have any at the moment. You get, if you get a halfway decent pair of earplugs, it'll cut down on the decibels without, changing the frequency of the sound so it does it does matter if you get decent earplugs you can still get a good a good sound but there's t- i mean listen there's still times where i'll go to a show and i think probably like sloppy last year in logansport where i was drinking pretty heavily and i just went right up front and never thought about it because was, I that's because you were I, too drunk to put the earphones in. exactly and i didn't acknowledge <laughs> how loud it was you know yeah but yeah. The ringing in your ears, man. That, like I said, to me, that's a that's a quality of life issue, a sleep issue. I don't want to go. I don't want to go deaf. You, you go deaf, you can't listen to anything. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't go know. deaf, you can't listen to Nevermind the Bollocks for the nine hundredth time. I guess we'll uh, agree to disagree on that one, and that's fine. That's fine. But uh, so something else, Mark says is. I totally agree with Neil that an album should include some variety of speed, mood as they complement each other, and sixty minutes of total noise isn't my idea of fun. Um, I also prefer to listen to an album in track order to make to take me on the music emotional journey the band intended. Is that something you do? And uh, and yes, that is something I do. And uh, I think that is true with you, Tom, as well, right? I I yeah, love I love to I listen. I don't really stream very much. I hardly at all, actually. So yeah, I almost always listen to whole albums. Yeah, I I mean, I and I love to listen to the the album the way the band intended it to be heard and uh what that gets back to is some of these shitty cd compilations and stuff like that where they <laughs> i put... like to listen to the american versions where they resequence them and put the singles in. <laughs> and put like weird and put weird singles that came up three years later and you know the the, the clash first album is the classic ver- classic uh thing of that where they yeah. left out like four of the original tracks from the album and put four singles on that didn't come out until two years after the album was released so so it, it it bears no relation to the way the album was supposed to be. So um, I agree with Mark completely on that well, one. Well, it's it's funny though. You get used to so like okay, we, I, we talked real briefly earlier, not not while we were recording about uh, Anti Nowhere League. Yes, sir. So really, they only have one really essential album. If we're being honest, their first one, We Are the League, and they had some decent singles and stuff after that. I like mean, I mean, Landlords of Wanker is a great song too. Don't get me wrong. There's some great <laughs> some great stuff, you know. Yeah. But so I had like a compilation CD. I have no idea what label is on, but it was the first album. Mm-hmm. So I thought. So I actually get a repressed 200 gram vinyl, one of these freaking frisbees on uh, Drastic Plastic, who does a great job of reissuing punk stuff. They did some Anger Samoans, Annie Nowhere League, Circle Jerks. Anyway, but I get the nice 200 gram pressing, and 
so what's not on there? I'm like, oh crap, you know, the, one of the their best known songs, but it wasn't on the original album. No, so what was not on it the original album? It was a single album. that was tacked on to a version of the album that I got later. It was actually the B side. It was actually it wasn't even an A side. It was a B side of Streets of London, I believe. Oh, the uh, oh, okay. yeah, it was a reissue. That was a redo of the old. Um, it was like a 1960s. Uh, uh, folk kind of uh, acoustic hmm. song and they did you know, a, they did a version of that and then that was on the b-side so what was the b-side brings us back to sloppy seconds again because on the on the b-side of their can't kill joey ramon single that got reissued last year i think it was it's about 10 years old now 10 or 11 years old they covered anti nowhere leagues can't stand rock and roll great song that which is on the album i believe right um yes that is yeah Okay. Yep, it is. And but it's I... funny. They were really a flash in the pan because that 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 We Are the League album is so great. But I mean, are any of the other full albums worth owning? Um, that's a good question. In fact, I have to say, I don't know if I have any of their other albums. That I have a later the... one on CD called Scum or something like that. That's... Scum came out in '97. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty decent, honestly. Um, and it's way out of print. The CD even goes for was going for pretty decent dollars last time I looked. But you know, uh, but. They had some singles collections and stuff that might be worth laying down a few bucks for. See, but. that's it's it's so funny because it it, t- it takes me back to I bought um I actually didn't buy it. Um I was in college, I was at Manchester. It was that would have been my second year at Manchester University, it would have been eighty two. And we went to downside we went to Virgin Records in Manchester and I bought the Foreskins album, which had just come out that day. Mm. And my friend Carl bought the Anti-Noah League album, which had come out that day. So two absolutely classic street punk mm. oi albums both came you out You should have uh, gone day. home and like taped them for each other. Well, I did, we did. We did. Oh, okay. I mean, for cool. sure. So I had the Anti-Noah League on, uh, on cassette for the longest homemade, time. Homemade so, tape. Oh, yeah, yeah. Home, homemade tape. And uh, he also had the single, I believe. He had the uh, Streets of London single. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was that was absolutely classic classic album. Mm. Well, and and they didn't really release a second album until years and years later, right? They did mm. um, like the Perfect Crime came out in like eighty seven or eighty eight because they the did sound a... the sound had changed by then probably. Yeah, exactly, and the band had changed. Um, but the reason the reason we were talking about it at all is because there's now a documentary on the Anti Noah League, and mm-hmm. I've seen like the first twenty minutes of it, and it seems like it's really really good. So um, if you're interested in the Anti-Noah League at all, you should probably check that out. It's called Unfortunately, we are, we are the League. they've sort of fallen out of favor with the PC punk crowd. So did you? are we done with Marco's letter? No, I don't we want are. to, he had, don't he, to he, he had a lot of other stuff too, but that's, you know, I think I got the gist of it. So uh, thanks, Mark, for writing in. So uh, go go where you're going, buddy. Thanks for listening. Thanks yep. for listening, man. Yep. But no, we were talking about, you know, so Anti-Noah League is one of those bands that's kind of created the ire or found the ire of the PC punk crowd. And I don't think it's even for songs like Woman or it was they did a song in the 90s called The Day the World Turned Gay or something like that. And and people like I mean, they'll never play it like a 924 Gilman or something like that. And even when they play like wasn't it? No, that was U.S. Bombs. I was going to say a lot of these venues that are like punk venues, in other words, venues run by punks are not are making sure they they don't play anywhere. Yeah, because... and uh, and how ridiculous is that that the people that are now um, 
you know, it, it's almost like Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan, right? The what was that called? The parents, whatever oh, the hell it was. That was yeah, it was a were, little later by the PMRC. Or PMRC, whatever, where, they, where they're trying to ban bands, and now Super the punk, and now the punk rockers are the ones that are banning bands. It's just Al absolutely yeah, fucking asinine is what. Well, it is. and there's no there's just because and and there's no sense of humor. Now that anti no release song that I'm talking about, it's it's not good. It's not a good song, but I mean, is it? I mean, and it's it's obviously making fun of gay people, but it, or, or or making fun of what it, it really was making fun of was how wimpy the world has gotten, right? You know, yeah. and I just I'm just like, I mean, really, is this is this the biggest problem that we're facing? And I I you know I've had I got a I got a hate letter on the regular, maybe hate letters too strong on the regular podcast. The Ooh, weekly punk, let's hear it. Let's see what, what, what did somebody and complain about? I didn't even about? tell you what it was. I kind of teased you with it because you, you, it's so absurd, I think, when held under any kind of a normal logical scrutiny or any kind of a reasonable standard of offensiveness. So I used a term, never thought twice about it, and somebody wrote in and said, we know Tom's not, you know, I know Tom's not like the, or his images of the not woke punk which i don't take that as an insult that i oh i'm not particularly woke i don't want the baggage that goes with being woke it's funny i went out with friends yesterday neil like friends my age my wife and friends and i Mm -hmm. used that term woke and they had no idea what i was talking about oh that's interesting that's good that's refreshing you're familiar with the term i assume yes i am yeah unfortunately yes i mean i mean I, i love my wife for a number of reasons but one of them is that she just doesn't care about all the nonsense that's going on in the world like she just doesn't even acknowledge most of this crap. But anyway, she's my perfect she's my perfect spouse. But anyway, <laughs> she doesn't even like the things that get me like all worked up. She doesn't yeah. even know what I'm talking about. So anyway, but the, the, I had used the term, and the the person took me to task not only for using the term, but also took Adam and John to task. My other the the hosts of the show. I'm just kind of like the color man on that podcast for not calling me out on it. And the term I used, Neil, the term I used, yes. You'd never, you'd never guess in a million years. It oh. was tramp stamp. Okay. <laughs> so you can imagine. So uh, I'm like, you oh my god. Me. I'm like, this has got to be a joke, right? Yeah. And then I sort of went off and on a tirade that could certainly be was probably not necessary. Um, but it was just like, is that offensive? And I, I mean, I know we have this thing now where it's like you can't slut shame or whatever. But I mean, is that? I mean, it's like a wife beater tank top right i mean it's like a it's a term it doesn't oh really is that offended by that word I mean, can you imagine i mean my don't god get, don't get tramp stamps kids that tribal tattoos and tramp stamps they do not age well oh for god's sake seriously isn't he got amazing? offended by that isn't that amazing good I mean, god well you wow. were t- you, you know you you talked about how we need to do like the offensive show where we just play all offensive things well, if this uh, if if this kid was offended by tramp stamp, he shouldn't listen oh, to any of uh, twenty I, of our I, shows. And I really wanted to he'll... say, and I didn't. I really wanted to say, I hope you're not listening to the Punk Till I Die podcast. Because... Well, I can guarantee that he's not, because he would have turned it off straight away. I mean, he might know, have fainted. Gonna get, actually, we're going to get protesters. <laughs> yes, let's uh, please. <laughs> that would be awesome. Don't dox us, please. Yeah, we're really nice people. I I don't discriminate against anyone. I swear. But it's uh, but yeah, isn't that amazing? I'm like, I I, I mean, it's so seems so innocuous to me, and it wasn't. I don't even I, I really try not to offend people, but I'm sorry if I if somebody's offended by something that 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 with so little ill intent, I just I just can't even worry about it. Right? Well, you, you're allowed to be offended. You're not allowed to tell me what I can say or do. Well, so and I don't even that's, know. It, that's it, yeah. And obviously this is not going to affect my behavior. If anything, the tirade I went on was far worse than the original. Well, good. 
Tom, I'm proud of I'm proud of you, buddy. But uh, but I tell I tell you what, we're 25 minutes in. Let's play a song, huh? Sure. All right. You you wanted the first one, right? I did. Yeah. So uh, keeping along with our Indianapolis vibe from uh, from BA from Sloppy Seconds, I'm gonna play probably um, the earliest punk rock band out of uh, Indianapolis. I would imagine. Um, this is the earliest the one that's like made, famous. You know, yeah. A yeah. Dot. Yeah, so this is the uh, classic, classic Zero Boys um, from Indianapolis with their, um, I don't know if it's the best known song, but it's a great song off their... It's definitely one of them. Yeah, off their, off their debut album. Um, this song is called Civilization's Dying, and this is from 1981. Uh, so almost 40 years ago. Good God, mm. man, where has the time gone? <laughs> so anyway, Zero Boys, Civilization's Dying. So there you go. That was the Zero Boys. Was that 81? I'm struggling with that. 81. 81. First album was 81. Yeah. And in fact, you know, because they, um, they have that like a proto straight edge song on that uh, Drug Free Youth, right, is on that album. So Yeah, but, I, they, oh, but they were, the guitar player was a terrible junkie. I think that was a mockery of it, wasn't it? Well, I, well, I, don't, well, like well, I, well I don't know because Minor Threats first release didn't come out till 81. So I don't know who did this shit first. Hmm. So um, I always found that interesting, and I'd li- I'd like to know that. But anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed that song. Vicious that Circle, nineteen eighty two. Neil, you're giving people bad information. Um, I don't think I don't think that's right, my friend. Dude, would Google lie to me? Of Why course, would it lie to me? Of course it would. Hold on a second. I'm going to look this up. People talk amongst yourselves for a second. All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I've never seen the Zero Boys. Did you get to see them back in the day? Um, I've I have seen the Zero Boys. Vicious Circle came out in eighty one. I swear, I'm looking at it right now. It says 82. Well, yeah. uh, Well, this is funny. So looking at Discogs, 
The yeah. L the LP vinyl came out in eighty two. The cassette, not on label, Zero Boys self released, eighty one. Was that vicious circle or was that something vicious different? Vicious circle. Huh. All right. Yep. Well, I guess we're both right. Yo, and it is. It's it's showing a picture of it. Holy shit! Look at that. I bet that's got to be worth a that lot. Beautiful, same beautiful yellow cover. No, it's just a. It looks like it was a. Almost, it looks almost self released kind of thing. It looks it's like typed. Mm, so like a demo tape. That's got to be worth a lot of money because because I know they did like the Living in the Eighties EP. Dude, have you seen how much that goes for? Yeah, that's been reissued too. Even the reissues aren't that cheap anymore. Oh my god, the the, the highest it's gone for twelve hundred dollars. Not Living in the Eighties EP. $1,200. The median price, $975 if you can find it. Wow. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, so, Paul Mayhern, Paul Z produced the early Slobby Seconds albums. Yeah. That's kind of the, the tie in. So, there was the, the two best known Indianapolis punk bands are, and they're only really a few years apart, even though they feel like a generation apart. Yeah. That's true. Slobby yeah, yeah. Seconds and Zero Boys. But Zero Boys. We're definitely more like in the hardcore scene where Sloppy Seconds were more, as B.A. told us, you know, Dickies, Ramones, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Didn't didn't have it that aggra- level of aggression that the... And, it, and it's funny, I actually got the... Uh, done the... a bunch of stuff over the years, but that first album is such a Stone Cold classic. Like, you take 100 albums to a desert island, I, I'm sure I make room for that album. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, interesting thing well, is... It's long, but... I, I actually ha- I actually have the original press of that album on, on Nimrod uh, Records, which is now worth it's worth a couple of hundred. But uh, the only reason I bought it, I'd never heard of them when I was in. I bought that in Liverpool in '83, and uh, I'd never heard of them. But I bought it because of the cover. Yeah, because the cover is just so Back when weird. Records and... were affordable, and you could actually afford to speculate. Now, yeah. you like nobody's spending twenty five bucks for a cover, right? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm glad I did because that's uh, yeah one of the best albums I I own. So yeah, classic Ooh. stuff. Anyway, so um, so yeah, tramp stamp. Wow, you, yes, you're very offensive, Tom. It's saying like a few years ago like when that. everybody decided like you can't say ambulance driver. It's like super offensive. You have to call him EMT. It's like ambulance driver is the N word for EMTs or something. It's like everything what? can't be the N word. Everything can't. It just doesn't have the same history. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to. Oh, that's like the N word for this. This is like the N word for that. It's like you can't. You can't do it. You don't have 400 years of historical oppression. Hold you on, just hold can't. on. What what's what's wrong with ambulance driver? Well, I apparently don't get it's it. very offensive. They have to be called EMTs. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. we, live in, we live in a post-logic world. Okay. Then I don't work in IT. I work in something that sounds well, a lot more important than people, that. God damn it. Most people, the majority of people in this country are still... Like, sensible? Sensible, and they know whether or not you're trying to be offensive. And sometimes I am trying to be offensive, granted. But you know what I mean? It's just like... Why you gotta get bent out of shape about everything? Life's too short to be irritated all the time. All I'll have meanwhile, to say, here we. Meanwhile, here we are, right? All I'll have to say is, if this person heard me use the c word in that damned episode, then they might have yeah, they might have fainted and turned it off straight away. I guess. Mm. But uh, anyway, well, that's uh, that's crazy, Tom. Yeah, you're a bad man, and uh, yes. you do bad things. Yes. <laughs> I lost a channel. Yeah, you sound a little strange. Where am I? I keep losing the channel on my headphones, huh? Yeah. Um, my cheapo headphone, my cheapo headphones, finally giving up the ghost. So, know. so just out of interest, uh, what did uh, what did John and Adam say about that? Oh, I don't know. They're a little more sensitive to these things than I am. I think they were a little more concerned about whether or not we offended somebody, but I, j- I just can't worry about that. 
No, of course not. That's uh, well, that's crazy. Anyway, anyway, um, we'll weed those out. They will not last long on this. And that's and you know I think at the end of the day that's part of the appeal of this or why we're doing this is because we don't have to be bound by the sort of modern punk overly sensitive touchy feely type type thing. So yeah, because one thing we're not and that's overly sensitive, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so I'll tell you what, um, did you see, I know it's been a couple of weeks now, but we haven't talked uh, about it. Did you see this pathetic sham rock and roll hall of fame induction nonsense? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know the rock and roll hall of fame has got no uh, credibility at all, but, uh, this was just insane because for people that don't know the rock and roll hall of fame had the chance this year to induct, um, Let's see, some classics, basically. They could have done Judas Priest, which love them or leave them. You know, you've got to admit yeah. they've, they've been up there for 30, 40 years. Um, Kraftwerk, who've been Very influential. incredibly influential. They've changed the face of modern music, basically, from when they were first doing their early electro stuff in like 72 and 73. Um, the MC5, one of the most influential bands, you know, of the last 50 years, for God's sake. Not sakes. a big seller, but definitely a band that launched a thousand other bands. Definitely. Um, Motorhead, what what more needs to be said? Just the I best mean, band ever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Motorhead's gonna be inducted, then they have to be, right? That's that's a no brainer. But how do you get Motorhead in? I mean, you got to squeeze Whitney Houston in there somewhere. Obviously, don't, that, don't even get me started. So okay, so on, on the you la- think rock and roll, you think Whitney Houston, buddy? Oh, well, let's not go there quite yet. So we had some <laughs> other bands too. So Soundgarden, I could take them or leave them. I don't particularly like them, but at, at least they're in the genre, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and finally, Thin Lizzy. I'm sorry, one of the best bands of all time. Man. Yes. Across all genres, just an absolutely amazing band. Well, you think Thin Lizzy, too, would check a bunch of boxes because it has a minority thing, and they've always been so sensitive to the minority thing that I think you're more likely to get in. You know, I think yep. you get kind of bonus points for that if yep. you're a woman or, or a minority getting in. Yeah. So all of those bands that I just mentioned, right, you'd figure at least, you know, two or three of those bands have to get in, right? They have to because they're classics, and it's a no-brainer. But no, none of those bands got in. Instead, we get Depeche Mode, who, you know, love them or leave them. They've been a big band for 30 years, so I can, and, ca- and very, I can, I can take that. very influential. I, yeah. I, I don't hate all their albums. No. A, I, some of their 80s albums are pretty good. That one I can take. Whitney Houston is in oh. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and roll, baby. Rock yep. and roll. So uh, Whitney Houston over Motorhead or Thin Lizzy. So, <laughs> uh, you know, explain that one to me. Um, Nine Inch Nails. I, I don't know, man. Nine Once Inch again, Nails. How does Nine Inch Nails in and not Kraftwerk? Yeah, exactly, right? It's like putting Green Day in before the Ramones. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and the Notorious B.I.G., you know, I, I'm, I'm once again so- not even remotely rock. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> if you want to make a whatever Hall of Fame, that's fine. But he does politically, not politically correct popular music Hall of Fame. Yeah, but he does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is just ridiculous. But anyway, so Kraftwerk, Judas Priest, Motorhead, Thin Lizzy. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I mean, do they just throw darts at a board or something? I mean, how do they make these decisions? You think? Well, I, you know, there's an episode of The Simpsons where they were, I don't remember what the, the, you ever see like the episode of The Simpsons where it's like these old guys, rich guys sitting down in a basement with these like dark robes on? Uh, yeah, I, I think can't remember so. which episode yeah. that is anymore, but it's like, I just think it's, the, I think that they're so out of touch, the people who do the voting, plus, 
I think it comes down to dollars and cents. And Whitney Houston is a huge name, multi-million selling artist. And Motorhead, terribly influential, undoubtedly rock and roll. What did Lemmy say? We are rock and roll. We're Motorhead and we are rock and roll. Now, granted, that's pretty self-aggrandizing, but it was true. And and but you know who's gonna pay more money to buy tables at the Hall of Fame or who's gonna bring in more more visitors? You know, I mean, you got to see that Whitney Houston museum. You well, know, they got the, it... they got the they got the spoon that she used to cook the batch that killed her. <laughs> that's what I was gonna Maybe say. Not, so so is is anyone traveling to Cleveland to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to see anything about fucking Whitney Houston? Well, I, I, I don't I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think they no? would go to what you think I don't even know where she's would go. I, I I think people that went to rock and roll might be the ones going to the rock and roll hall of fame. I think uh I don't think too many have have you been? I have not. I've uh the only time I ever went to Ohio, I went to I went to the Hall of Fame game for the, the you know, pro the NFL. Um I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in uh Canton. Canton, yeah. Yeah, I spent the night in Akron, that's I think. Really, and like then, the only time you've been to Ohio? I, I think it is. Well, no, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. I've been to uh, skate contests in Ohio before, but uh, um, yeah. Well, it's just funny. You know, me, you, you being the, you know, Liverpool boy, yeah, you're not a Midwesterner, but, I, you know, me being a Midwesterner, I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've been through Ohio, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, of course, Ohio's right next to Michigan, too. So. so have you ever been to the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I have. I went. It, it had to be close to twenty years ago. My son was just like still in a. I don't know if he could walk or not yet, but he was still in like a push cart, mm-hmm. baby st- stroller. Stro- <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, we went and we enjoyed it quite a bit actually. Um, but like even when I was there, and this would have been two thousand or something, but the top floor is a rotating exhibit. I don't remember how many floors there are. The rest of it's kind of semi-permanent you know but i enjoyed but anyway that top floor when i was there was hip-hop oh but it was more like the 80s hip-hop which at least kind of had its a thing to me more than the 90s hip-hop more of a more cultural relevance and then uh but it was cool seeing you know jordan moan's leather jacket or seeing you know i don't i don't remember what all was there jim morrison's report card it was cool but it wasn't it didn't give anybody any credibility in my mind that they were in there you know what i mean that's just it was just kind of a neat place to go yeah yeah well well now anyway you can go and see uh whitney houston's pants or whatever the fuck they have you know, there. i don't know every without we and we talk about the rock and roll hall of fame you had to you know the ramones were like really excited to go in but i think at the end of the day the ramones were just like fans of like am rock radio you know yeah yeah but the, uh Sex the Pistols, Sex Pistols wouldn't go in. They the they, pe- they turned Pistols it down. To me were the best. The letter that Johnny Rotten wrote, and I don't yeah. want to pull it up right now. And it was so great. We're not your monkeys, right? We don't care. And and I thought that was great. Now, you know, a guy like him who's basically set himself up as a professional sort of, you know, naysayer. It, yep. It's probably better for his career to do that. And I still think they, the band went in. It wasn't like. Oh, I don't. You know, I mean, did I, they or I, did they not? I'm not sure if they did or not because I thought they refused to. They refused I the think induction. They still put them in. They just didn't show up for the. Hmm. Okay. But I don't. Yeah, we could look that up. Yeah. But I, and I don't know if he's United Front or if it was it just was. Johnny Rotten being Johnny Rotten and you know Steve Jones and Paul Cook showed up. Like I have no idea. No, no. I I know that Stephen Paul went along with whatever Johnny said, and it's and he's and he was right. There's I mean, still hoping for that. There's joke. still hope for that forty fifth year forty fifth reunion show. Forty fifth <laughs> reunion show. Think well, what makes it funny. Well, Paul is still doing the professionals, and they had a new album out last year, which was supposedly pretty good, I believe. Hmm. So, and then Steve I just never, Steve just had a heart attack. Did you know that? Yeah, he he's 
It doesn't surprise me. Well, he seems to be doing much better now because he's doing his radio show again, which oh, uh, that's cool. which I, I know which you I, which sent I me love. some of his shows, some yeah. of his radio shows, and it's pretty fun actually. Yeah, I've actually got a signed poster from him actually, which is pretty cool. Mm. He's a yeah, he seems like a nice. Just a nice dude, actually, down to I don't know anything about the guy, but I got to tell you, when I was first starting to play guitar, the two guys that I just worshipped were Steve Jones and Johnny Ramone. Those were the guys that I wanted to play like, you know? Okay. Yeah, well, it couldn't get too better. The guitar playing on Never Mind the Bullocks is so, I don't want to say good, like, it's not like Van Halen complicated or anything, but it's just so good. The riffs are so good. So chunky, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's, so. he's yeah. He's, he's brilliant, and and of course he got a lot of his chops from Johnny Thunders. Listen to Johnny yes. Thunders from so you know. Well, and and uh, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Well, that's where it all goes back to, right? Yeah. I mean, it all it all goes back to there, and it's yeah. crazy to think that there was uh, when when the Pistols and stuff came out in '76, and the Ramones too, of course. They were only twenty years on from the originals and Chuck Berry and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm worth. Geez, what are we, 45 years on from that or whatever? It's crazy. Well, in rock and roll, honestly, and maybe this goes back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame conversation, rock and roll is pretty much dead. The kids do not really listen to rock and roll. The kids. I mean, what's the biggest band coming out now is this band Greta Van Fleet from Michigan who is pretty much doing a 70s Led Zeppelin rehash. And I don't even begrudge them. Because at least they're rock and roll. At least they're playing guitars and bass and drums, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, no At doubt. least they're not doing emo rap, and they don't have face tattoos. And, you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not listening to the records or anything, but I don't have a problem with rooting for them. Well, that's why I can't get down on bands like My Chemical Romance. Because, yeah. again, at least they're playing guitars and stuff and, you know, doing doing that rather yeah. than uh, that other thing that you just mentioned, my, which no, my, is awful. My, my Chemical Romance is like my daughter's, like, like a if she has a bucket list band, they're her bucket list band. So if they come, uh, if they tour, they're doing, I know, some select shows, but if they tour, I know she would love to go. And I, I don't know how it would work out, but I might go with her if it worked out right. So we'll see. Yeah, I would I would go see him. That that uh, black uh, what's it called Black Parade album was, uh, they were well-written songs. I have to give them I'm, that. I am not into it at all, but... Uh, you know, well written and amazingly produced. The production on that is just ridiculous. Well, that's what it was more Queen than punk, wasn't it? Yes, it's it's Queen with some yeah Queen with some punky influences. Yeah, and a very emo, you know, sad of sad for himself singer. You know, speaking of bashing modern bands, not that modern bands. Have you heard any of? So I'm I have a soft spot for Green Day. I love the Dookie album. I will defend anything through Warning. I. Oh, you dropped off again, buddy. I'm so. Oh, you're back. Okay. I was talking about Green Day, right? Yes, sir. I like Dookie. I have a soft spot for it. I can defend any of their albums through Warning. I don't care about American Idiot. I just never it wasn't for me. Didn't didn't get into it. That's a good song. That's and good everything song. since then, I haven't liked. Right. So right. they've been bad longer. They've been good. But that being said, their new music is horrible. Have you heard? It? Um, no, I, I, I heard you mention it and I have no interest in hearing it, but it's you were, hot. you were genuinely it's offended like... by it. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It makes. Oh, you dropped off again, buddy. So Tom What's thinks up? that Tom thinks why they I... suck. <laughs> why am I, why am I trailing off? What's going on with my equipment here? All I can think is that maybe some of the kids in the house are playing like World of Warcraft or something and oh, tying sure, up your internet. Sure everyone in the house is on online right now. That's probably why then you probably, you just don't have the internet bandwidth, maybe something like that. Maybe I'm on Yeah. Um, 
but I, I, I haven't heard it, but uh, I'll go with your opinion completely. I mean, because you're not, you're not just against them for the for the for the sake of it. So no, I'm I really not. You. But yeah. but I just, I mean, I can't imagine what they would do at this point that would get me back on board. Well, I'm sure they'll be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next year, or the end already. Oh, for God's sakes, I was joking. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. They probably are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to start a punk rock Hall of Fame. What do you think Maybe. about that? Yeah. The Punk Till I, mean, I Die Punk Rock Hall of Fame. There you go. There you yeah. go. And, you know, I mean, like when the Baseball Hall of Fame wasn't created until the 19, was it 50s? I can't remember, but they had like their inaugural class, which was like Babe Ruth, Christy Mathewson, Ty Cobb was like the five best, you know, the five best of all time. And that was the first class. Like, what would that be for us? It'd have to be like the Ramones and the Pistols and the Clash. I mean, the yep. big three. Yep. I don't know. Who would be the other two? That would be a that's a good that's a good question. Ooh. Write us at punktillidie seventy seven at gmail dot com. No, you know what? And, I don't, and I don't, those three are in, so you can might as well only tell us two more. We're no, not gonna. I don't care about no, anyone else's opinions for this one. To tell you the truth, there's no uh, debate. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Ramon, Sex Pistols, Clash. I'm probably going Buzzcocks too. Okay. Um, and then I give got me more left there, buddy. Give me an American band. Give me a uh, Dead Boys. I'm going Dead Boys. Sorry. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's my. But I think. But I know, like, I know you love that. Uh, was it the adverts? Like, you love the adverts. I mean, I do. do. Yeah. They so they might they might have to wait till the second year though. I'm afraid. Yeah. 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 Second year for them. But yeah. If, if I, could, listen, if you could figure out a way to make this financially work, I'm I'm all for it. I'll sign my name to it. Well, dude, it's not like we're giving the bands any money or anything. I'll so, put my uh, credibility. Yeah, I'll put my credibility <laughs> on the line. Ten years later, we're like inducting Newfound Glory and. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly and suddenly tom's retiring with all his money <laughs> with a payoff yeah payola payola um well t- t- talking about music why don't you play something bud tom come back to me tom where have you gone hello wow seems like he's gone have you gone completely are you there now neil Oh my god! Yeah, that was the longest drop off yet, my friend. Uh, my, it's like my computer's wrestling with because it's saying that my mic is. I don't know, something's going on. Well, now now you sound okay. So, um, play a song. Okay, let's do uh, let's do a Boris the Sprinkler song. I've been on a Boris kick lately. If we want to talk about a little record collecting in a minute, yep. they obviously put out a new album last year. It was their first one in nineteen years. But let's go back to one of the really early singles. Let's do uh, "Drugs and Masturbation." Boris the Sprinkler. Drugs and masturbation, and this is for uh, Tom's pen pal there. <laughs> Drugs and masturbation. <laughs> Shoppers, latex disciplines, legs, working girls, and bodies, female beauty queens, dominant beauties, humble playthings, TVs and trouble, lesbian, going, water sports enthusiasts, cane shrews, shaved Asians at play, and other members of the intellectual bourgeoisie. Do not adjust your set. This unsolicited transmission and its attendant supersonic high colonic is being beaten directly to your sputtering girl pathways, courtesy of those landlords of lance waxing longing, those sultans of self-abuse, those veritable viceroys of vice, lice, multi dice, mac and cheese, and minute rice, Boris the sprinkler. Lately, a demandly and perpetually challenging field of trim acquisition, owing to a number of factors, the two most prevalent being A, we're exceptionally cunning linguists, and B, when and if we arrive at our digs in our plush and sputtering 70s Mopar love wagon, all we need to do. 
do is to step out of the van and announce to the local underage female segment of the fan demographic that we're from Green Bay. Within seconds, our pants are invariably at our knees, and there's eight to ten visibly intoxicated high school sophomores belching a Clorox and buttermilk for the rest of the evening. All on account of they thought we said, we're from Green Day. Oh, to be sure, it's a dandy racket, but I'm afraid we're all far too tall to pass those sawed-off, unwashed, perforated runs for much longer. Therefore, in order to keep our palatial ratio at its current lofty station, we decided that we, Boris the Sprinkler, needed a hit record. Much like our spiritual leader, Fred and Barney, did when they broke into the music industry, so too did we engage in an aggressive program of market analysis as for the pre-recorded musical entertainment purchasing patterns of America's young people, our target audience, thereby unearthing the shocking data that 12% of America's youth enjoy hearing songs involving an in-depth regionalized cost as opposed to driving past the stop and shop. And another 6% of the modern American teens prefer hearing songs involving a loved one or family member being mortally creamed by a freight train after attempting to recover a high school ring from a 1973 AMC gremlin was stalled on the tracks. A full 100% of America's youngsters want to hear songs about drugs. Believe it or not, another 100% of American youth spring hardy adolescent woodies for songs involving masturbation as a key lyrical theme. And if you're any good at math at all, you'd realize that if we combine those two sectors of the Venn diagram, we'd be looking at a potential 10,000% of the American record-buying market. Needless to say, in the spirit of giving the people what they want, as well as setting us up for a lifetime of drinking balls and making out with riot drills and shameless slacker luxury, we, of course, the sprinkler, have written a song that touches upon full drugs masturbation. Believe it or no, folks, we call the song Drugs. And it begins as follows. Cause other people are not like me and I don't like them very much. Went to see the vicar, to talk about me sticker. They won't think about self-abuses and my tools will take my lips. He offered me a bottle, I pulled it out for a while. I don't need his whiskey or his old I can't sleep on the angle. So I went drugs and masturbation, drugs and masturbation. So there you go. That was Boris the Sprinkler with uh, the beautifully titled song Drugs and Masturbation. And the Meat wh- Men do a pretty good cover of it, too. And why not? Um, yeah. So one of these days, um, I was telling Tom, I want to do a uh, politically incorrect uh, episode of the Punk Till I Die podcast. So maybe uh, I'm sure the Meat Men will be on that, uh, that podcast. I can I can almost guarantee uh, it. Yes. In fact. Oh, but it'd be almost be hard to narrow it down to a song or two. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true, but yeah, I've got some good I ones in mind I had a very, a very well-known, very well-known Chicago musician. I mean, household name by punk standards. Tell me that he wouldn't listen to him because of the song Tooling for Anus. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Who the hell said that? So Tom's either being killed or he just doesn't want to say. Lesbian death dirge is fairly offensive, too. So who but, was it? Who was it? Come on. Spill the beans. No, it was, no. Come on. Dude, it's the Punk to Lie Die podcast. It was, it was the dude from, uh, it was the dude from uh, uh, Lawrence Arms. Uh, Brendan. Uh, Brendan Kelly? Brendan Kelly, yeah. What do you mean he wouldn't listen to Tooling for Anus? How did he know the name of the song then? Well, he knew the Meat Man, but he, he, he wouldn't listen to them anymore because of the offensive nature of their... That was the that was the that was the first song on the first album. I mean, it was a so, rambling, it was a rambling, drunken conversation. I don't know. I don't want to. I, I probably shouldn't say, but I remember. But anyway, they've kind of fallen out of favor. They don't play anymore at the moment. It was I the Meat Men or the Lawrence Arms. <laughs> I've met Tesco V a number of times. They are one of my very favorite bands of all time. I know who I'd want to see more. That's for sure. I've seen them a bunch of times. Yeah, I've never I've seen I, Lawrence Arms. I don't have anything against them, but they're not really my thing. I've never seen the Meat Men, but they were another one of those bands when I was in England in '83 when I went home for a year. And I got that first Meat Men album, and I was just blown away. Yeah. Blown away by how good it was, and also how offensive it was. But like I loved, Loja. I loved every second of it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. They're they they're only they were based about an hour from me, and they got back together in the I don't know mid two thousands or something. And then they had a good like ten year run where they played a bunch. So I actually only saw them one time during their original run, but I saw them a bunch of times that second run. And uh, yeah, definitely one of my one of my favorite bands. But yeah, not definitely from the old generation. And I think that's kind of why they don't really play anymore because the young punks won't come see them play. And obviously the us old punks are a pretty dwindling breed. Yeah. Took them out to shows, So touring doesn't really make sense. So they just kind of quit playing. It bums me out. I, I really like them. Yeah. I think your dog agrees too. What's the name yes. of the dog? Sheena. Oh, Sheena. That's right. Yeah. You've said that before. <laughs> she yeah, the yeah. pup rocker. Yeah. She agrees. She agrees. She loves the meat men too. Yes. Um, so yeah, they will definitely be on our politically incorrect show. Oh man, I might have to play a Meat Men song later. Yeah, that would be actually perfect. And uh, I've got a Fang song as well for in line for that show. So I don't know if oh, you know what song that's going to be, so but yeah, <laughs> no, maybe I'll play a Fang song later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, talking about that kind of stuff. So uh, record collecting, we haven't talked about this forever. What uh, what have you bought recently? You you can start because I've got probably too many to freaking talk about. Well, I'm I'm gonna just go a couple highlights because same. I mean, you know, I got a box from Discogs not that long ago that literally had like thirteen seven inches in it. Wow. Um, but I uh, so Boris the Sprinkler. Speaking of them, he always ran his own label for years. It's called Bulge Bulge Records out of beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um. His he plays he plays I think bass in a, like a new wave band called Smart Shoppers who I've actually never heard but they're opening for Sloppy in Green Bay so I'm actually gonna get to see the Rev here in a couple months so I'm looking forward to that. I was hoping Boris would play the Sloppy show in Green Bay but Boris I think is geographically challenged also I don't think they all live in the same area anymore. So, um, but he he used to do he always did a ton of mail order and it was it's so amazing. Up until recently, he was still doing like CDs five dollars postpaid, seven inches three dollars postpaid. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's it's ridiculously crazy, right? cheap. Yep. And and so now he has like an official web store. The Reverend Norb does selling Borsa Springer. It's I think it's just BorsaSpringer.com, if I'm not mistaken. And now 
they do charge a $4 postage. But I got two full lengths, one of which I had years ago but had gotten scratched up because he always did CDs. He didn't do a lot of LPs, and he did 7 inches. So I got two 7 inches, which are the male model 7 inch and the little yellow box 7 inch. Uh, male model is the a cover of the undertone song. Oh, I don't want to want to be a male model. Yeah, yeah. right song. Yep. And the and so he always does like cool, usually B sides too. And the B side, one of the B sides on the little yellow box, which the liner notes say, little yellow box is kind of a like a throwback to the days when there were like colored singles about different colored objects. It was just sort of like a random, <laughs> a random thing. But they do a cover of the great Johnny Thunder song, "Get Off the Phone." Oh, okay, amazing. Yep. So those are both cool. Yep. And, and I got the the first full-length Boris album, which is called Eight Testicle Pogo Machine, and one of the later ones called Mega Anal, and the whole thing <laughs> shipped to my house, two CDs, two seven inches, shipped to my house, 20 bucks. Incredible. So yeah. go sport Boris. And the other thing I got, I was my son wrestled yesterday out of town, and... He's a high school time. wrestler, everybody. Don't be, yes. don't be getting weird. High school wrestler, yes, not like WWE <laughs> or anything, no. He's not a grown man in his underwear jumping off big details. He's a 15-year-old. But he uh, – so my wife had to drive separately because she had a different thing, and I was driving home, and my son was like – had just been mauled by some gorilla, and he was about passed out in the car. I said, are you in a hurry to get home? He's like, no, not really. So I went – Oh, boy. And, and I bought uh, an epitaph pressing of no effects punk and drublick. Oh, okay. Which I had had – CD for years, but I hadn't had a vinyl, so mm-hmm. I love the first four NoFX albums. So that's that's kind of my most recent haul of stuff. What about you? What are the highlights? Oh, Tom, I've been bad ever since uh, ever since Christmas. You're I've never just gonna been be able like, to retire, pal. You're never gonna yeah, be able to retire. I know. Um, but you know, I'll see. Here's the problem: we'll talk about something on the podcast, or I'll read something in a magazine, and I'll yeah. be like, "Oh, you know what? I love that band." And then we yeah. go on Discogs, and the next thing you know. You know, I bought something. So, and it's um, not even what you originally went on for. You're no, like four generations removed from what you originally were looking at. Yeah, I'll just get completely distracted. And or sometimes what you'll do, right? You'll buy one thing from somebody, and then the person whose store it was, you'll go there, and you've said this before. It's yep. like, oh, what combine else can shipping. I buy from them, and combine yep. the shipping? And so before you know what you've bought, five like, bucks for everything. Yep. five bucks flat rate. Oh, I might as well get seventeen things. And so and so that's what I did. So, um. So I think I've told you I'm trying to get um, all the later Buzzcock stuff on vinyl because yep, yep. I have all the old stuff, but I wanted to get some of the since the since they reformed. Um, so I did get the all set album from the Buzzcocks, which I actually got from someone in Japan, and it came. No, actually, I didn't get the Japanese one. I got one from Italy. Someone had it in Italy, and it was relatively expensive, but um, it only took like ten days to get here, so that was good. So and that must be very hard oh, to I'm get. Sorry, how long did it take? It took about nine days. Wow. It wasn't wasn't long at all from Italy, right? That's better than like stuff I get from Chicago or something, right? So I was I was very. I get ha- the update for the post office that it's in Iowa. I'm like, but Iowa's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not on, the, on way. the way. Yeah, so uh, so I got all set and that was great. And then I also decided, well, I'm getting those albums and there's only there's only one more album to get, so I'm going to try and get some of the later seven inches too. So I got. Um, I wish I never loved you, which was one of the later. Um, that was one of the singles off Flatpak Philosophy, which is good with a great picture sleeve, and um, and I also got a jerk, 
on uh, split pink and black vinyl, which looks great. But um, the same guy that sold me those also had, um, you know, the band Eater, who were from yes. 70, 76, 77? They so were like go- kids, right? They were. They were very, like 15 when they, when they started. I, like, when I they think started. I have one of your beloved CD compilations of theirs. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's probably got everything, and most of their stuff is covers. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, I got one of their EPs. I got the Get Your Yo-Yos Out live EP. And uh, mm. I think I think I only paid like eight dollars for it. It wasn't bad. So mm. and that's that was on red vinyl, which was unusual back then. Huh. And that was an original press. So I got two Buzzcock singles, Buzzcock's album, um, Eater single. Um, I got the Neon Hearts popular music album. I've I've played the Neon Hearts on here before, and I know you're not that enthused, but uh, I got yeah, an original. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, their album was repressed. That's the saxophone band, right? Yeah, it's a saxophone band, yeah. Yeah, the album was repressed a couple years ago on Overground Records out of the UK on Red Vinyl. Overground Records, that's a great name for a label. Yeah, so I, I, I got that. Uh, and that was only like like 12 bucks or something like that, so that wasn't bad. Um, and then what else? Uh, Protagonist, who were one of the bands that I saw down at Fest. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I got one of their albums, and they threw a 10-inch... A ten-inch EP, uh, EP in there mm. as well for me. Called Jean finally Jackets get to use another one of those plastic ten-inch uh, sleeves I, that you've been collecting. I've, I've already years. got seventy-five of them left. Yeah, so if <laughs> if you have any ten inches, I'm going need... to take like five of them next time I'm at your place and just bring them home, just so I have an excuse to buy some more ten inches. Yep, and I got the first press of Cranked Up Really High by Slaughter and the Dogs. I did get that. The first press. Where does that with... fall in their catalog? Very the first, first one is what? Do a dog style, right? But this, yeah, so this album, I mean, this single predates that. Oh, it's a single. It's a single, yeah, and it, it was not on the album. Um, hmm. So, yeah, this is this was their first release on Rabbit Records in 77. Paper, hmm. papers, um, paper labels. So, they got that. And um, I know I had you listen to These Animal Men a couple of episodes ago, yep. and you, yep. you could take them or leave them. And I have all yep. their stuff on CD, but I didn't have it on vinyl. So Very I, actually did, uh, I actually did get their albums on vinyl. So those that's what I've bought, so I've been bad. at But then I have oh, about six more things queued up right now that are waiting to arrive. So mm. we can talk about them another time. Well, I'm back on. I, I, I got overtime this week. I'm sure I'll be back on. Yeah. But uh, um, I tell you what, I'm I'm actually gonna play another song if that's cool right now. Yeah, do it. Um, we uh, we're going we're already at an hour. It's just amazing how time flies. When time flies, when you're having fun. Um, exactly. And we and we we just our episodes they're just so long, and I, I I don't I don't know if we're giving people a good bang for their buck or I always figured that you'd want it to be short enough that you could listen to it on you know like the way to and back from work, which I always figured like an hour. But we are having a really really difficult time keeping in that time frame well so. it's it's winter so people's you know they might take them 45 sure. minutes to get to work so we'll, that's true what do you got better to do than sit around and listen to a couple of geezers prattle on about this or that yeah so well you know what we're keeping them company we're, we're doing exactly. a we're doing a public uh, public good um i'm actually going to play something that was suggested by one of our um most loyal fans our good old dick gerbil from the uk um and he he sent us some ideas of things to listen to, and he sent me, or he sent us, I should say, this band, this English band from 82, I'd never heard of before. The band is called it's Dead like Re- his brothers, cousins, yeah. best friends, roommates, yeah. Yeah, the band is called Dead Wretched, and uh, the song is called No Hope for the Wretched, and it was a single from 82, and like I say, I'd never heard of it before, and I don't think you had Tom, right, either? No, not no. at all. Okay, so... I um, 
So yeah, so th- you guys can all enjoy this now. This is uh, Dead Wretched with No Hope for the Wretched. <laughs> So there you go. That was good, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a cool song. Yeah, it's a good. It's 80, a, it's... You know, one of those bands that there's, you know, so many of those great bands from that era that just sort of yeah they were... through the fingers. Yeah, probably uh, released a couple of singles or something, like Local Heroes. Probably a compilation then... CD out there somewhere you can get, Neil, yeah, with all I'm, those, I'm sure all there those is. singles. Yeah, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure there is. So, uh, so, yeah, so hope you all enjoyed that. So, yeah. Um, so what else has been going on? Have you uh, any? I know you're. You like to read uh, books about the subject and stuff. Have you read anything decent recently? Anything? Anything new? I haven't. You know, I don't. Nothing new. I'm still. So you know, we had Ricky on a couple episodes ago, Ricky Frankel, and talked about his book. I'm reading his book. It's very long. Mm-hmm. It's and I'm enjoying it, but it's definitely you know it's interviews, so it's not it's, there's no plot line, you know, so it's kind of like pick it up here and read it, read it there, read it here and there a little bit. Yeah. But that is the only punk related thing I'm. I am reading at the moment. I bought a bunch of books recently. You know, I, I like to buy like go to like a library sale or something. You buy all these books. I, I our house is full of books. We everybody in the house reads, 
And uh, so I've been reading a lot of like books by comedians and stuff. Like I oh, read a George Carlin book recently that was okay. that was pretty good. So, yeah. so, so I got a Lewis Black book I'm going to read. So anyway, I, yeah. But I, as far as punk rock stuff, no, just the Ricky Frankel book still, which okay. might take me till like June to read. Okay. Well, I, I've actually got two I want to I want to mention, but hold on, they're, <laughs> in, they're in another room. So Tom, you talk for a second while I go and get them, okay? Because I'm not well prepared. Hold on one second, sure. okay? Yeah. So. Um, I feel kind of strange talking to the void without Neil, but man, January in Michigan, not much for shows. I don't know if uh, it's been the same thing where Neil's at or what. Uh, sorry about that. So Neil, I was just I was just mumbling about how it's like the Midwest in January is not a very good time for shows. You got anything? You got anything going on or not? I literally have nothing on my schedule right now. Well, the uh, this Wednesday is the Addicts. At, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. at House of Blues. Are you going or what? Dude, the, I, am, I am so torn on this one because I would love to see the addicts. I've never seen them. Um, really? Um, I saw them at Riot Fest in, when they were still doing indoors quite a few years ago, now 10 years ago or something. How was it? It was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm torn of I'm torn for this one because, A, it's a Wednesday night, which yeah. I, I could make work. I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's House of Blues, so you know it's going to be over reasonably early. But on the downside, it's at House of Blues. Yeah, which is 30 my, bucks to park. And... Yep, which is my, my least favorite venue probably in the city because of all the asinine rules inside and the bouncers and all that shit. So, so corporate. Yeah, and I $12 thought... $12 beers. And I... At other gig, at other venues, I should say, at other on this tour, they've got decent warm-up bands. But I believe the warm-up band in Chicago is this local all-girl band, I think, called Mystery Actions. And I've seen them before, and they are not very good. Now, they're doing the... I thought they were doing the Milwaukee show, too. Maybe they are. Yeah, well, I like See, I wonder it. if they have a girl band thing, because, okay, I just saw my buddy on Facebook is the uh, bass player. I mean, he's not my only my buddy on Facebook. I know him in real life, but he plays <laughs> bass for the Lippies, a okay. local Grand yeah, Rapids yeah. band who put out a record on Red Scare. Kind of about three years ago was kind of a hot buzz band in the in the punk world. Then they split up. Now they're back together. They're doing they're doing well again. But anyway, uh, and this is this is a cool story actually. The the management for the Addicts contacted them and asked them to open the Detroit show, which I think is Wednesday. Hmm. I doubt this will be out. No, that doesn't make sense because you said the Chicago show was Wednesday, right? Chicago show is Wednesday, yeah. Can't, both be, on, can't yeah. both be on Wednesday. It right. doesn't matter. But anyway, they're playing St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. Great venue. And my pals, the Lippies, who are female-fronted, also are playing there. So I wonder if the addicts are big into Old bands girl. with chicks. Yeah, maybe so. But uh, I mean, I haven't heard any like things scandalous about Monkey like uh, you know being well, inappropriate or anything. Well, he's probably like 70 years old now. So, yeah, I was going to say, know. he probably needs Viagra to be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> But Dude, but, your your guy's gonna write in again. He's gonna be very yeah, offended by yeah. by that somehow. You know the thing is, they're 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 such a fun band. You know, and I mean, obviously, there's like Viva La Revolution and some of those songs, but they're just they're a fun band. They do some things that are not particularly punk, but they, it's fun. You know, they like shoot confetti in the crowd, and right? Stuff like they that. got lots of uh, antics, right? Lots yeah, of yeah, shena- shenanigans, a, if you will. It's a fun show. I mean, the fact of it is, it's punk, but they they were pretty poppy. You know, at the end of the yeah. day. I, I, I don't use the term pop punk because they don't really fall into that trope, but, you know. Well, here's, here's my deal with this, and this might be the decider if I go or not. So do you remember when you came to Chicago and yep. uh, and we hung out a couple months ago and we yep. went to Sugar Records and yep. they had a bunch of free tickets for yep. the Lagwagon show? 
yep. uh, House of Blues. So Lydia was going down to my my daughter was going down to Chicago today, and she was going to go record shopping. And so I told her, if you go that way, go to Reckless, go to Sugar Records, and, and see if and see if they have yeah, see if they have free tickets for the Addict show. And if they do, then I'll go. And if they don't, then I probably will not go. See, that. I mean, obviously, yeah, they had those free tickets and we we were there, but I mean, we don't you don't know that that was a regular occurrence. That was just something that. Well, I have to assume it was though, because why would they? They had a stack too, right? They probably had yeah. about fifty tickets yeah, in a stack them, there. Yeah. So I have to assume that that has to be a you know, I mean, why would they have them otherwise? So I assume they just want people in the venue because they want to, you know, they still sell booze or they'll still sell drinks and that kind of thing. So they use the tickets as a loss leader, right, to get people in. So I have to imagine that Sugar Records is one of the ones that they do that with. So we will see. We will see if Lydia comes back with uh, with free tickets to the Attic Show. So hmm. that might be the decider if I go or not. Which I know some people might say that sounds lame, but I'm I really hate the House of Blues that much. That's, well, uh, yeah, and when everything about it is irritating, if you're able to get that thirty dollars ticket or whatever for free, that definitely, I don't know, it right? Helps well, a little. well, and then it and then it helps with the 12, and for you it's sixty dollars because you're probably paying for your daughter too. You know, it, it, it's you yeah. know, and and the beers are twelve dollars when you get in there. Yeah. So you know, they, the hey, to me, it and only... you got to go downtown, which is not you know with all those beautiful people that we want to shoot on a Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. In the winter. Yeah. So we will see. I mean, so we'll see if I go to that or not. And apart from that, coming up in. February there's not a lot but it's no. really it starts to warm up in March and then yep. a- April man the beginning of April yeah. is crazy we got sloppy seconds off with their heads the subhumans and that's yep. within that's within like a five day spread right there yep so and then we yep. got Amel. I'm hoping to uh yeah I'm, I'm not gonna see off of their heads I I, I, I wish I could because I, I do like that band and I missed them last time too they actually they played Lansing on a Thursday which Lansing for me is uh, a little more than an hour to where they were playing. And I just couldn't like my buddy who normally goes to shows, he likes them too, but he couldn't, couldn't do it. And I just, I just couldn't do the hour plus by myself drive down there. I just couldn't, I, I, sh- I should have, it was lame, but yeah. But I, I mean, one of the good things about the off with the head show was it's a, probably my favorite venue in the city, which is beat kitchen. Mm, you know, I've it's never a, been there. yeah, it's I'm a, it's a great, go. great, uh, venue to see it to see a show long and thin probably holds about i don't know 400 someone like that you know bar with the a... thing with this this sloppy tour you know I, I i talked you know an hour ago about how i like we, we go see them multiple times on a tour if we can there's actually four shows that are drivable to me this year the closest being chicago and detroit yeah yeah and but indianapolis is not very far i've gone to indianapolis for shows multiple times uh it's about four and a half hour drive but they're doing that on a Friday, but unfortunately, I'm tied up. I'm tied up that weekend. I just, it's just not good, or it's not good for my buddy Scott and my. He's the one who always travels with me all these shows, so we're skipping that one. And then they're coming back to the Midwest and doing Chicago on a Friday, which we will be at with you. And then they're going up to Green Bay on Saturday, which uh, we've never been to Green Bay, so we decided to go up to that show instead. But that's the same day as the off of the head show, so that kind of screws that up. And then they're driving back to Detroit, which is actually the closest to me, but that's on a Sunday night. And the, the haul from green Bay to Detroit is at least like eight hours. Wow. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. sucks. Wake up over and jump. I mean, you'd have to, we'd have to go balls to the wall just to get there. Well, especially in the winter, my friend. I mean, who knows yeah, well, what the March weather's going to be like. No, that'd be April. That oh, that'd be April. April. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, even so <laughs> you mean, can never tell, just, right? Not that, it, not that it can't snow in Michigan in April. Right. But, yeah. So yeah, we're going to Chicago and green Bay and I, I, 
all things being equal, if they were doing Detroit on Thursday and Chicago on Friday, I would have loved to go to Detroit and go to Chicago and then maybe go to that off of their head show or something on Saturday. But, but yeah, we're committed to going to Green Bay, and I'm uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. I I grew up in Wisconsin. I've never been to Green Bay, hmm. and I have a friend of of, of internet friend uh, who. Uh, Lives up that way, so I'm looking forward to meeting up with him. He's a big fan of the show. Shout out to John in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And uh, All right, yeah, John. we'll. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the whole experience. You know, like I said, uh, Reverend Norb from uh, you know the old Maximum Rock and Roll writer, Boris the Sprinkler Singers, other band is playing up there, so it should be cool overall. Jetty Boys are playing. It's good, good times. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so so April looks like it's going to be good for both of us, and then uh, going into May, I got Emil and the Sniffers on the first. Mm-hmm. Um, coffin cats on the eighth, and then so, uh, so the that's a Friday thing because the coffin cats are playing here on a Thursday, I think. Yeah, so they're yeah, from they're, they're from right. Yeah, yeah, they're you know, psychabilly. So I don't know if you well, you might dig them. Have you ever seen them? I've seen them a few times actually. Okay, yeah, they're good, right? Not I mean, necessarily like I'm going to see the coffin cats, but like they played the mustard plug Christmas show before. They've played. They played on this amazing like four band bill we saw one time with a bunch of other. I, so I, I, I mean, I've seen them probably at least three times. At yeah. least. I mean, it's always crazy when you take any kind of punk rocker to like a psychobilly show just because of the stand up bass and how yeah. fast they play and that all those goddamn stand up bass. Shoes and greasy hair. And... So we'll see, and and that seems to be why why John John G from the uh, Punk News podcast he seems to dislike the uh, the uh, psychobilly scene for that was that's one of the things that I actually like about it is that people actually people actually you know that's how they live they dress like that all the time yeah, and, I, I and that's, that's how they dress up it's a subculture right it's that's I mean, from that's, your but you know that's from the era more that you were from and he's you know from the era where yeah they wear t-shirts and yeah t-shirts and blue jeans I'm kind of more from in between like I have a vest you know yeah see i I don't like i should wear it next time in chicago i'll wear it i'll be like i'm wearing my punk costume see and that's why i don't like bands like the menzingers and stuff that's one of the reasons i don't like bands like the menzingers because what what, just because it well that too (laughs) that too but it's like they look yeah they could just get off stage and go work back at their job at fucking 7-eleven i don't know it's just there's no detail there's no they don't yeah. look. They don't look good. I don't know. It's, it's not an experience. It's, still, it's not an experience. Yeah, it's. Uh, they could, a, they could blend whole, in. Is, they could blend in anywhere. And as punks back in the day, we used to get the shit kicked out of us because we. This is different. a whole another conversation, you know, because it you is. know about You're the right. whole like. I'll shut up. Some punk was so attractive was because it was yep. so accessible for everybody. I will be but, quiet then about that because. But let's let's do that. Let's do that on another day because once yep. again we we blasted through about an hour and yep. ten minutes, hour and fifteen minutes, talked about virtually nothing. I think that's oh, our. That's well, our hold magic. on a second. I went out to get books, right? So oh, so this that's right. Yeah, so this <laughs> shows that we sleep we got distracted. You know, let's go. Come on. Yeah. So the first one is a book called "Rip It Up and Start Again," okay. and it's uh, post punk nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty four, which. Okay. The cover's got a picture public image on the front, and okay. it's kind of it's good graphic design. And I bought it, and I didn't realize it would be as goddamn dull as it is. Mm. The type is tiny; it's hundreds and hundreds of pages long, and it's like a it's like a, a thesis. It's like a, a jur- not a journalist. It's like a too much intellect, too much intellectual, an stuff intellectual thesis on uh, on music and nothing about what he likes. And I don't like it. I'm about a hundred pages in, and it's really booking the hell out of me. Mm. Um. So the second book I got, and I think I mentioned this before, uh, before the Christmas show, it's the Stay Fanatic, the Henry Rollins book, mm. um, which is Older he is, about record, collecting. yeah, about record collecting because he is a vinyl fanatic, and um, 
it's a big book. It's like a coffee table book, actually. So it's not mm. it's not a small that paperback. Cost you about Fifty bucks, huh? It was forty bucks, and he signed it, which is nice, right? Oh, that's cool. So yeah, love or hate Henry, it's still pretty cool. He signed the book. Um, Did you challenge him to an arm wrestling match? <laughs> no, no, but I'm hoping he will. Um, and that's and that's another topic for another show as well because I I did <laughs> I did meet him one time. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. And he talk about a fanatic. So you know, I like the first press of certain things, right? You know, those old mm-hmm. punk singles and stuff. He not only is the kind of person that will be first press, he'll be like every version of the first press, like mm-hmm. the German version, the Japanese version. And, you know, and if there was a version of the English version which had a type a typo on the label, which was corrected within like a day, he'll want both versions of that. So I, I can't really even... Apparently yeah. punk rock has been pretty good to him. Yep, exactly right. So I, I can't even imagine how big his record collection is or how incredible it is but uh anyway i haven't really got very far into this book but it's it seems pretty damn cool and i oh. would re- i would recommend it for anybody that's uh that's into uh record collecting at all of uh i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to start find myself another punk book to start so that if we have this conversation again i don't have to be you know well i'll tell you what maybe the next time we see each other we can swap books or something like that there you I'll go gi- i'll give you a couple books and then you can uh, you can give me a couple so before or after our bro hug um yeah that won't be allowed i'm afraid there's no bro hooks so here. all right so let's uh so let's remind people how to get a hold of us here let's but don't let's get a tramp wrap. stamp whatever you do tom if you go to the if you yeah, go exactly. to the tattoo place do not get a tramp stamp because that will offend certain people yes so, no, but before we go okay play it if play a last song please well let's 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 remind people how to get a hold of us again okay not that they seem to have forgotten because they seem to be able to find us Yes, it's uh, uh, email address is punktolidai77 at gmail.com. And the Facebook address, Tom, is? Uh, punktolidai podcast. Yep, on Facebook. On Facebook. So, and uh, listen, we, we uh, love getting your messages. It's been, uh, we appreciate the sort of encouragement we've been getting from you because, you know, we don't, we're, we're just talking to each other on this crazy, talking into our crazy machines to each other. And it's, so we don't know. <laughs> what's going on so we appreciate hearing from you that you enjoy what we're doing and uh we we enjoy our you know rambling conversations and we would do this whether you were listening or not but we really appreciate you guys listening to us and uh you know the kind words we've gotten so far so yeah we do we really do and you know the occasional hate mail so we will uh yeah shows we're doing something right yeah so we were talking about the meat men earlier and and they are definitely one of my favorite favorite you know kind of michigan punk hardcore bands are they from detroit uh, Lansing area. Lansing, okay. Kind of right between me and Detroit. And I know this isn't the offensive show, but let's do an offensive song anyway. Let's do uh, their classic from the first album, Orgy of One. Orgy of One from the Meat Men coming up. Long Take before Billy Joe, there were songs about this very subject. Yep. Take before Billy Joe Armstrong. Well, your other song was about masturbation, too, so there you go. Boy, am I on a roll or what? You are, and it's kind of a disturbing, Wait, wonder, wonder it's a disturbing roll. Maybe a little backed up or something, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. OG of one, the meat man. Here we go.
Okay, hope you all hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tom, tell us about that song. Why don't you? It's pretty explanatory. <laughs> yes. As Marcy said, we'll all be on an analyst's couch quite soon. Um, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. So, so was yeah, that? It's been a pleasure to go back to the classic style of just the two of us. You know. Yep. Bantering back. Punk till I die. Classics. Yes. Yes, and uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you all soon. Yep, uh, have a good one. Stay free. Cheers. See, See you, you next later. time. Yep, bye.